Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y bienvenidos to the 50th, 50th, Hole. 50th episode <laughs> of Uy, Que Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. We're 50. We're so old and I feel great. We're oh, my goodness. 50. Uh, question for you. Uh, remember when we were like, how the fuck do you say 20th in Spanish, which was... Vigésimo. Vigésimo. I keep wanting to say veintésimo, puta. What is 50th? A ver, busquemos. A ver. Cincuagésimo episodio. Wow, cincuagésimo. Great. Well, here we are. I'm going to say we look fabulous and... uh, Oil of ole on the face. (laughs) You know what? Una crema. I'm going to keep it real sentimental and fucking real with you here. I am so happy that we're at the 50th episode. Yeah, dude. In a few weeks, we're a year old. A year old. Old. Yeah. So the fact that like we have stuck to this, it just it really makes me so happy, and I yeah, w- I, it, I can't imagine doing it with anybody else. So I'm just so so happy that we're fucking fifty, and we're we're still having so much fun. Yeah, I'm proud of us. We fucking I am made too. It- work and to yeah and also really great that we're 50 movies in that means and there's so much more to go so like holy shit there's so much more guys there's so much so much good bad and ugly out there well today speaking of (laughs) bad and ugly you know uh, oh uh so I, I knew that I had 50, and I was like, okay, let me pick a movie that's going to be impactful for number 50. Mm-hmm. When I was first compiling the list of movies, I went through each country. I Googled horror movies from blank, and I just sure. had, and I went down the, the Central American and the South American movie uh, countries, I mean. And I wasn't very hopeful, but when I typed in Nicaragua, yes. I was like, de seguro no va a haber nada. Sure. I bet there's nothing. But then one movie popped up. Yeah. <laughs> one single little movie popped up, and I was like, holy shit, and I Yay. felt so proud. I couldn't uh-huh. believe it. So I put it in our little list, The Lost Platoon. Technically, it's a USA movie, but USA, Nicaragua. Sure. Now, I remember back when we first started Uike Horror last year, you messaging me like, holy shit, I found one from from Nicaragua, and we were so, so excited. So I think it's just important. I'm sure we've established this before, but to just talk about how you are half Nicaraguan. Right. I am half Honduran. However, our real meeting of friendship happened in Managua, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Like, we had technically lightly met before when we were much younger in Brazil, where we were both going to school. But then, like, happenstance, fate, all, whatever the hell you want to call it, brought us together in Nicaragua. And that is where we became, like, fast friends. It was like, I knew. I was like, oh, this is my girl. Like, I knew right then and there. Yeah. So that's why this movie is important. But unfortunately, (laughs) oh, man, it's a big old turd. It's It's a a... (laughs) humongous turd of a movie. (laughs) Yeah, man. But I love talking about shitty movies with you. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this movie with you. The bummer, too, is when this episode comes out, it's the week of the Nicaraguan Independence Day, which is uh, 15 de septiembre. 
And it's the uh, Quince Septiembre is the first day of Latinx um, Heritage Month. Sure, right. So, like, you know, what a bummer that this movie turned out to be a hot yeah. pile. Pero, you Pero know, at least we, we are. can laugh. Yes. Now, I do have a question for you before, right before we get into this. Diga, man. So I know this is a USA Nicaragua movie experience, and I'm hoping you can answer this question for me. Uh-huh. Because the majority of the movie is set in Nicaragua. Uh-huh. But I could find no information that told me if it was actually filmed in Nicaragua. Girl, it was filmed in Alabama. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I, I I like looked through the credits and I was like, what the fuck? Like, no. Th- so they just picked a place and we're like, this is where this is gonna happen. They said it's the 1990s, which is when like yeah the U.S. was highly involved in Nicaraguan government stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. so this fucking guy, David A. Pryor, said, "That's my place. That's where I'll set this film." Yeah. So. Let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the Lost Platoon okay. by David A. Pryor, released in 1990. If you have a synopsis for us, that'll be great. A photo prompts a former GI to scour Central America for the apparently immortal soldiers who long ago saved his life. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's go. The Lost Platoon, David A. Pryor, 1990. We see a full moon. Mm. Four dark figures walk up this hill and they stand at the peak of this small heap <laughs> and uh, they're, they like kind of do a pose and they're all holding oh, immense big guns. Big ass guns. <laughs> Yeah. Now, what did this, this gave me uh, Santo. Remember Santo? When yes. each of the, the monsters <laughs> like, like did like the reveal. Came out and did like yeah. a fucking RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> From, like, situation. Exactly. Like at the that. top of the hill. That, this I is was the like, top oh, four. Santo. They're yeah. about to lip sync for their life. <laughs> Congratulations to the new winner, by the way, of All Star 6. I'm not going to say yes. who it is, just in case. No spoilers. I was about to say it. No spoilers. <laughs> so they're standing there with their four like AKA 47s or fucking guns. Cannons. Who knows? <laughs> They're full <Yeah>. cannons. <laughs> and we see our title, The Lost Platoon. The opening credits start to roll. And through these opening credits, we're in an Evil Dead style POV shot, which is, this movie is riddled with. Absolutely. And it's we're running through a forest. And then it's like, this guy is the actor. And this other one. And then mm. POV, actor, Evil Dead, actor. Okay. <laughs> we land on a man. This is Hollander. (laughs) I'm sorry. We land on a man. (laughs) We're on top of him. (laughs) We're on top of a man. And uh, this this man is Hollander. And he's sitting at his desk and he's looking through some photos. He's in about like mid 50s. Yeah. Maybe like late 50s even. Yeah. And each one of these photos that he's looking at are of like army squads of like platoons, basically. They are all kind of of different time periods, but Mm. each photo has about three to four men's faces circled. And like uh, question marks around some Question marks around next to the circles. Like what? Who? Faces. Oh my. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we're in a flashback. The little intertitle says, France, World War II, 1944. And there's a battle going on. It's like a fucking uh, destroyed area. Like, who, who is who? 
Who okay. are you? Desde el comienzo. Who are you? This is an army film y todos los uniformes son los mismos. Son lo mismo. Yeah. They're the same uniforms. You can't you don't know who is who. Everyone's Absolutely helmet is not. the same. There is nary an insignia to tell you are these Nazis? Are these not Nazis? Who not are you shooting at? We never know. Not from and it goes on for forever. The battle the battle sequences in this movie are like had they a cut, million fold. You like you don't need to have so many battle sequences. Like had they just kind of edited those out, oh god, this would have been a 45 such minute an film. easier experience. Pero yes. Puta. God, puta. here we are for 10 minutes. And and in this like disaster zone, fully trying to figure out who's who, people shooting everywhere, grenades are exploding, dudes are getting shot and like they get shot and they are flung five feet through the air and ah. the yelling. Oh! Okay, oh! I have, I have ah! something for you. Okay, I have, I have to play this for you and I'm gonna turn it up loud. Just, I want to see if it works for you. Hold on, ready? Here we go. Do you know? Do you recognize that? That's fucking Ryu's death sound or like knockout death sound from Street Fighter. <laughs> That's what I was like. These fucking sounds. Oh are, my god! They sound like fucking like <laughs> like that kind of shit from Street yeah. Fighter. And yeah. like every single time somebody gets shot. Every time. <laughs> and like oh my god! And they are just flung into the air. Yep. Or they got some extra to be like, okay, this is your moment, my guy. You're gonna fucking act your fucking face off right now. <laughs> o es eso yeah. o es una persona that he's like, okay. I'm just gonna fall over. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. And it's just like <laughs> it's oh, a fall. mixed bag of acting. And again, I don't know who anybody is. Everybody's Absolutely. just getting shot. Everybody is getting <laughs> Everybody's shot. Everybody's getting shot. <laughs> and so during all these all this shooting, young Hollander hmm. is amongst these whoever they are, and he gets shot. And he's flung to the side, and one of his buddies turns and he says, Don't worry, dude, we're gonna get you out of here. And this guy sounds like he's straight out of Malibu, and they're in 1944, <laughs> and he's like, Don't oh, worry, man. we're gonna totally get you out of here, my guy. And I was like, Okay, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> this was the moment, because it's like, it's a POV shot from Hollander. So he's yeah. on the floor, bleeding, shot, looking you at see Malibu. His hand reaching yeah, like out. reaching. And at this point, I was like, oh no, we're in oh. for it. Because this Malibu, Malibu guys' acting is bad. It's tough. real bad. It's tough. And we're in for it. Oof. So there's still shooting and everything going on. There's another guy there who's like, "Don't give him any hope, man. This is we're gonna need a miracle to get out of here." And Hollander's like, "I'm right here, <laughs> bro. I am two centimeters away from you. I'm trying uh, to believe trying that to I will live." Yeah, hello. As this guy is saying, "Don't give him any hope," he gets fucking shot and killed. So Everybody's bye. Shot. All of a sudden, again, the Evil Dead POV happens through this battlefield, and then like some people, some of the Nazis slash Frenchmen, whoever the enemy is, is getting shoved and pushed and shot. And Malibu says, "There's someone else out here, man. Uh, Don't worry about it. I can't believe it's happening." And then, bam. 
He's fucking shot and killed. Shocker. Injured Hollander, baby Hollander, peeks his head from above like a rubble pile, and he, all of a sudden, like a group of the enemy, whoever they may be, they are approaching him, but then all of a sudden, the three of them get shot all at the same time and are killed. Okay. (laughs) Sure. So behind baby Hollander, we see a figure, and it's a man Mm. in a hat and like a long coat and a sword. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This- Man approaches baby Hollander and he says, you don't want to live forever, do you? Another Malibu guy? <laughs> I, I, honestly, everybody sounded like they were about to go into do the you? beach and do fucking like meet Patrick Swayze in the title wave. <laughs> oh, man. And then he like comes in for the kiss. I was like, are you two about to smooch right now? What's he going on? leans his head into the camera lens, and we're just yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, all right. Anyways, so now we're in Nicaragua, okay? And it's quote-unquote present day, which meant 1991. And uh, Nicaragua, a.k.a. Alabama, is lush and green and foresty. Sure, sure. <laughs> And we're in a little village, and this little village is on fire. Like, people are screaming and running everywhere. It's fucked. People are dead on the ground. La gente está gritando, mis niños, Dios mío, mi esposo. But it's all. (laughs) My favorite was. Juanito, ¿dónde estás? I Yo, was like, who no in pude. the back said this? <laughs> I couldn't understand. I couldn't make it out because it sounded like, okay, ma'am, you yell this five times and you mm-hmm. yelled something else, but then everybody else just go, ah, 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 ay, Dios ah, mío. Ah, 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 ah. They got these people into like a recording booth and were just like, yeah, scream. Oh my God. So. Uh some people are carrying injured people or dead people and then piling the dead one on top of the other. Jesus. Fucking, hay una señora corriendo con sus maletas and they're like grabbing their <laughs> shit and like fucking running. Oh, man. And then we see that the survivors of whatever is going on of this madness are climbing onto a military truck and there's like military people around and they look Latino. Sure. So you assume this is the Nicaraguan military that's doing yeah. Yeah, like they're gonna, like they're helping them. They're saving yeah. them. Montes, andale, andale, fifteen times, andale. I oh. was like, we get it. So they drive this truck filled with Nicaraguans into like a military area, and another jeep like car comes in mm-hmm. with a man and a woman sitting in the back seat, and the man looks like a maybe a captain or like a guy yeah. high. I wrote in, general the whole time, or general like, of something like that. He's got epaulets that are red and black, which I was like, epaulets? Is that the the name? I believe so. I think that's it, yeah. They're red and black, which, you know, in Nicaragua, the Sandinistas are red and black. That was their color. Oh, okay. All right. So I was like, tal vez este hombre es a Sandinista. Oh. <laughs> but then he speaks English, and it's like perfect English. Yeah. He pulls out a glass wine decanter it seems like <laughs> yeah and he turns to the woman sitting next to him who is straight out of a white snake music video like she is dressed like she's on the town in Los Angeles like in the 80s she is, her hair is big and fucking teased to the fucking nines a red she got a lip, red ass a lip a red lip una uña fucking and this and the shirt is like sheer but like 
Oh, her, her boobs, boobs are almost, are almost out. out. They're only covered by like the pockets on top of the fuck. And so the captain like pours him and her like a couple glasses of wine from this like glass thing that he pulled out of his military jeep. Que esta pasando? <laughs> we see that the Nicaraguan people on the back of the truck are kind of just standing there watching this guy pour himself a glass of wine. Yeah. He stands up and he's like, here's to your newfound freedom. And all these Nicaraguans are like, yay, you're right. Pero freedom de que? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think this movie knows either. It absolutely does not. Because no. Right afterwards, after he like does his toast, this general looks over to the soldiers all around this truck and like gives them a nod, and the soldiers shoot the fucking shit out of all these people that are that is in that truck, and they murder every single one of them. Now this is poorly shot, poorly staged, and yeah. everything. Like literally, the director was just like, "Hey, everybody in that truck, fall, just fall. on top of each yeah. other." But the like it is horrible. Oh, like this is hideous. Murdered a bunch of the, it's 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 genocide. genocide. Yeah. So this man, the general, turns to the woman and they clink glasses and he says, Pitiful, aren't they? I was like, Okay. Now, did you see his did you see his lips when he said that line? Yes. And I was like, I don't think you said pitiful. It looked to me like he said pitiful race. Oh. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure because in the subtitles, it just it's, says like pitiful. You said, it said pitiful. I, it looks to me like he said pitiful race. Wow. Okay. Well, that says a lot. Mm. Now we see another Jeep driving through the Nicaraguan forest, aka Alabama, and it's Hollander back to being 56 years old. And he's arriving at the American camp that's in Nicaragua. He's got a great little beardo bald guy driving him around. Loved him. Yeah. And when they get to the camp, Beard is like, all right, I'm going to take your stuff to the guest quarters. The fucking colonel is this way. Don't worry. And Hollanders, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Another soldier approaches him, and this is Riley. And Riley's like, Mm. hey, isn't that that famous fucking reporter guy? And Beard is like, yeah. And Riley says, maybe he's going to write a story about us. Cool. Sure. Great. Okay. So now we're in the colonel's tent, and Hollander is meeting Colonel Jack, and they have some niceties. We find out that Hollander is a Pulitzer Prize winner. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. Fancy pants. And then also he's divorced because his wife couldn't handle him going around the Uh, world taking pictures of war. Jack's like... Little ladies don't understand that a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Okay, Jack. Can we not, Fuck sir? Fuck you. <laughs> Entonces, pero el Colonel Jack, thrilled to see him again. Because I guess they were in Nam together. Like, sure. Like, Hollander was taking photos in Nam while Jack was, I guess, shooting up mm-hmm. Vietnamese people. Right, so Hollander's a, a war correspondent. Correct. Over at the Rebels Fort, so like the general that we saw earlier, his name is Vladimir. Mm-hmm. Vladimir. <laughs> y Vladimir. Well, we see the, the Rebel Fort or campground, which is really heavily guarded, and there's lots of soldiers everywhere. There's a fucking cannon at mm-hmm. the top of it and everything. It's definitely like castly almost. Yeah. And Vladimir, the general, is uh, sitting at his desk and he gets a message and the woman, whose name is Tara, right. she walks in looking like fucking Elvira. She's changed her outfit and she's in a dress now. And she's like, 
what is that all about? And asks about this fucking message that Vladimir has yeah. just received. And he says, well, the, um, <laughs> the Americans have sent their most famous propaganda reporter to Nicaragua. Talking about ha- Hollander. Mm-hmm. So back to Hollander and Colonel Jack. Hollander is like, why don't you fill me in on what's going on here in this war that we're going through or battles? And Colonel Jack says, well, it's the same old thing, really. They sent me down here to prevent a full-scale war from breaking out. And they didn't give me half of what I need to do Turns out all of hell's breaking loose and it seems like he had control or knew what was going on with the rebel forces and he had them all figured out. But all of a sudden they start they started to hit them in places like right under their noses and they're getting out before they know what happens. So there something is going afoot is wrong. Yeah, something's weird. And Hollander is like, could it be the Soviets? Colonel Jack is like, yeah, I think so, because they've pumped a bunch of money into Nicaragua, so that might be it. Okay. Okay. Now we're in a battle. Another fucking shootout, and everybody's shooting again, and it looks like- Who are you? Well, so this one was weird because it was supposed to be the rebels, like the military, Mm -hmm. against, it looks like just- plain civilians. Yeah, because they're not in like military gear. No. They're just in their own clothes. But still shooting up a storm. Everybody yeah. is shooting yeah. everyone. Again, people flying and yelling and again, the military kill most of them and they capture two of these dudes and are ready to execute them. Pero de repente, we're somewhere else. Well, yeah. And we see four guys. Four white dudes, including Listen, these four <laughs> guys look so similar to Bro, one another. Two of them especially. Oh, like are twins. 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 Wow. These four men, one of them is the man in the hat that we saw in France with the, with the sword. sword. Yeah. That guy is Hancock. Okay. Thank you. I did not know that until <laughs> just now. <laughs> and then we have the three other ones which are Keeler and Hayden which are the twins. Sure. Hayden has a helmet on and Okay, good. And Keeler has no hat, no nothing. Keeler had that kind of like mulletish, mullety, style curly hairdo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And then we have Walker, who is shirtless oh, and with a cap on his head. Yes. Okay. So those these are the four white dudes that we have. Hancock turns to the camera and he says, Let's go. Oh. And all of a sudden, we have another evil dead POV and through the forest, and we're back to the captured men with the with the rebel military. And the leader of this group of the rebels is who I now will call Mustache. But yep. Mustache has is holding up his gun up to these two men, and he's like, "Ahora mueren puercos," and I, <laughs> I was yeah. like. Oh, oh boy. Good Lord. <laughs> Here we are. But right behind the re- the rebel military, the four dudes appear. We hear Hancock say, you're really beginning to bore us and uh, lower your weapons. And then the... <laughs> The leader, Mustache, he laughs this weird laugh. This like weird. <laughs> oh, 
what? God, happening? why so creepy? And then why? Why? <laughs> and fucking Hancock stares at them. We get like a zoom in of his eyes, like glaring. Yeah. And then they're all of a sudden they're like, oh, they must mean business. So they lower their guns. What the fuck does that mean, though? Wait, wait, was that like a power? Is that what we're supposed to assume here? That his eyeball powers is like. Lower your weapons, dude. Like that's what's going on. I have no clue. Oh, who fucking cares? <laughs> so, so Keeler, Keeler, cold girl. Yeah, Keeler, Keeler goes up to the guys who have been sequestered, and he's like, "Vamanos, let's go get out of there." And those two dudes fucking beat it. But all of a sudden, from the bush, there was a secret rebel in there hiding, and he shoots at them, hitting Walker, and Walker falls over, but then gets up right away. There's no wound. There's nothing yeah, on him. He's fine. And he's like, uh, you want to play? And it's, uh, we discover that Walker is a fucking douche Nas. Yeah, he's like the hothead. Yeah. You know, uh, like, uh, yeah. You want to play? You want to play? Yeah. And he shoots a couple of the dudes and then a couple, and mustache including, they run away and Walker goes after them. And another reason we find out that Walker is like the firecracker is because one of the other four that stays behind says, well, there goes Walker on his war path. And it's like, Oy. oh, boy. So Walker eventually catches up to Mustache in the middle of the forest. Mustache pulls out a knife and stabs Walker. But Walker pulls out that knife and it's clean, no blood, no nothing. And he's like, oh, cool fucking trick, right, my dude? Oh, my God. He throws the knife at another secret bush soldier that's there. The knife goes absolutely through his body, like butt of the knife and all goes Everything. La entera, through his body. <laughs> and so Mustache is like, whoa, 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 be cool. And Walker is like, do you play baseball? Grabs a stick. Oh my God. And tries and is about to beat the shit out of Mustache mm-hmm. when Hancock, Keeler, and Hayden appear. And they, and like, it seems like Hancock telekinesis the branch out of Walker's sure. hand. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell, dude? He's getting away. And Hancock is like, okay, it's fine. Walker's like, they tried to kill me, dude. And Hancock says, no man can kill you. Hmm. But I can. All right. So what we're what we're discovering here is these are some sort of, you know, they're not men. They're some sort of beings. At least Hancock has like telekinetic powers. Yes. And they are the ones that are like evil dead POV moving through the woods all fast. Correct. As Walker walks away fucking pissed off at Hancock, Keeler says, hey, don't be so hard on him. He's still very young. Meanwhile, Mustache gets back to the rebel fort and he's talking to Vladimir and he's like, the entire unit has been wiped out. I barely escaped with my life. And Vladimir is like, so who's responsible for this? Mm. And Mustache says, los mejores. Again, in a horrible accent, los mejores. Los mejores, yeah. Los mejores. (laughs) But Vladimir... And and randomly, Tara is there again, too. Always there. He's like, are you certain that it was Los Mejores? If you are, then you should be rewarded, of course. How about a night with my own mistress right over Ew. here? Yeah, very gross. And Mustache is like, hell yeah, I'm totally into that. <laughs> Gives us his same, like, Oh, God, this horrible Ooh. laugh. And he's like, gracias. So Tara walks up to him all sexually, sensually, and then she grabs what looks like 
uh, one of the weapons that Raphael, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, has a sigh. Absolutely. She yeah. grabs a sigh and stabs him. Where did the sigh come from? I have absolutely no idea. She stabs and kills Mustache, and then she like wipes the blade and like eats the blood. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah, why? What's going on? We're back at the American campground, and Hollander is walking around when Riley, that soldier that was like, oh, the fucking news reporter, he sh- comes up to Hollander and is like, hey, why don't you write something about me and how I was once pinned down by 50 rebel soldiers and he just starts jibba jibba jabbing and Hollander notices behind him the four dudes walking in a line and he's like, mm. hold on, these guys look familiar to me mm-hmm. and he turns to Riley and he's like, yeah, great story, kid. Let me take a picture of you. And Riley's like, okay. And he's like posing the, and shit. His pose. His pose. Uh, just like. The most dramatic. A duck lip too. But like profile. Jesus. <laughs> so Hollander focuses his camera further in. And he's, instead of taking pictures of Riley, uh-huh. he's taking pictures of the four dudes. And then he asks Riley, hey, those four guys, you know, who, what's their story? And Riley says, oh, they're just like a bunch of misfits that got lost from their other unit. So now they're in our squad. We've like taken them in. So now we're randomly at another Nicaraguan village and Hollander is taking pictures of a fucking dead guy. They flip this dead guy over and he's got a horrible wound on his neck yeah a woman from a hut comes running (laughs) comes running in oh honey gritando las mejores las mejores las mejores mejores. las mejores yo pensé que ella estaba diciendo mi hijo mi hijo me too (laughs) me too it wasn't until like because after she comes up then hollander stares at her very like well first of all taking her picture close up like literally a centimeter from her face is like snap click, snap click, to click, this click, woman click. looking at her dead whoever this is yeah we never know it was at that point that i was like he's kind of captivated by what she's saying and then i realized oh <laughs> she's saying las mejores las mejores los, los, los mejores los mejores <laughs> los mejores so we, we go back to the campground and Hollander is looking at some pictures when Colonel Jack walks in and Hollander's like, hey, let me ask you something. What does Los Mejores means? And Captain or Colonel Jack is like, it means the great ones. And I was like, does, does it? it? <laughs> I can't do this. This is too much right now. I just like, just like. Las Mahoras, Las Mahoras, Las Mahoras, the what? great ones. Get the fuck out of here. Now, what would it be for you? Like, Los Mejores, I would be like, The best. The, the best. The best. Yeah. Los Mejores. Los Whatever. Mejores. Fuck. Esta gente estupida. So, Hollander is <laughs> the like, great ones. <laughs> Hollander is, oh, turns God. around, even worse, is like, I know how to speak Spanish, Jack. It's like, bitch, Do if you, you bro, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. So Ugh. he he's like, it seems to mean a lot to the local people around here, and I just want to know what it means. And Colonel Jack is like, beats me. And all of a sudden, I think we're meant to understand that Colonel Jack 
transforms into Hancock because all of a sudden yes. Hancock is in the tent. But the way they do it is they cut to Hollander and then they cut back to Colonel Jack and he's Hancock now. Right. Yeah. And Hancock says, be careful what you wish for. And then they cut back to Hollander and then cut back to Colonel Jack and he's Colonel Jack again. Uh, okay. And they give you like a you? Like, stupid-ass sound effect. So now we're at a battle. Again, another fucking shootout. Can we not? Okay. Riley is there, and they're shooting against the rebels. Again, who is who? I can't tell. Everybody's Uh, uniform is the fucking same. uh, They literally said to the costume lady, just get us green stuff. And the costume lady said- As many as you can. (laughs) And the lady said- You got it. I'm going to go to the fucking local Salvation Army and just pick up every single- Clean out that fucking- Store. gone again like <laughs> grenades everywhere and flying uh, and whoa and then all of a sudden <laughs> hollander is there and he's like taking photos of the battle basically yeah more shooting more yelling and then at one point fucking riley gets shot yeah. and hollander is like oh don't worry kid i'll write that story for you and then he gets fucking shot Until everybody gets shot at least <laughs> once in this movie Absolutely. every, every single, single person, person. So after he's been shot, he wakes up in a cave. So we're in a cave. Okay, okay, okay. Get ready for this. Ali thanks preparingse, agarrense. Gird your loins. We see this cave, and at the top, there is a Confederate flag oh like hanging there in the cave. Okay, okay. So. Okay, like, okay, (laughs) this, this is the choice you're going with. Like, we're talking in all the battles in in, in United States history, in all the wars, you're choosing to make... I don't fucking know if it's all of these soldiers or like just Hancock. I think it's just Hancock. I think Hancock. it's just Hancock because the sword is supposed to be like and the he's hat the and like, oh, he's war. from the Civil War. You have chosen, this is your choice to make him a fucking Confederate soldier. Dude. Well, I don't fucking care about this motherfucker at all. Absolutely not. Actually, I don't like him. No. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What a choice. Oh, no puedo. Yeah. What a bad choice. Bad choice. choice. Absolutely Ooh. terrible choice. So Ooh. once we've all <laughs> tried to recover of seeing a Confederate flag <laughs> flying into the, in this cave, we see that these the four. I haven't recovered. I mean, I mean, come on! Every time it came up, every time we were in the cave, uh, I wrote, "Well, here we are, the Confederate cave." Because uh, that me literally in my notes, Confederate cave. Confederate Fuck. cave. Oh my god! So we're there, and the four dudes are there, and Hollander is there as well. He's lying on one of their cots, and uh, he's all better from being shot there's no no wound no nothing and he asks hancock he's like how how is this possible and hancock says i gave you my blood as i did once some years ago and hollander is like it was you i knew it was you i knew it but why and keeler says he's been a valuable asset during his career as a war correspondent and that his aptitude for gathering information on the enemy is quite remarkable. Okay. So thank you so much. So we've been keeping you around or like, I don't get it. And Hancock, (laughs) who fucking knows? (laughs) 
what the fuck? And Hancock is like, you can be one of us if you choose. Mm. The power is in you now that I've given you my blood, I guess. And Hollander is like, what are you? Mm. And Walker, who's a sassy piece of shit, is like, <sighs> we're soldiers, man. We fight the bad guys. Shut up. Don't you know anything? <sighs> You're nailing it, by the way. That's perfect. so much. (laughs) Uh. So we're at another Nicaraguan (laughs) village, and the rebel military comes in and just starts fucking murdering everyone. They they were like, listen, you you Nicaraguan, you're dying. Like, they are just killing these fuckers. This is the scariest scene in this movie. Yeah. Because again, like, literally, there's a scene where one of these fucking soldiers, like, he lifts a little hatch up into a hut. It's full of people. He throws a grenade in and then just explodes all these bodies. This movie is so disrespectful to Nicaragua. Absolutely. It, like, first of all, it just picked a place. Like we said at the top, just fucking picked a place. And literally every single Nicaraguan person in this movie is 100% disposable. Yeah. Like dispose of them in the most brutal way as possible. These are just like villager, nobody fucking cares about you, worthless people to this movie. Yeah. It's awful. Absolutely. Truly, truly disgusting. So after they've killed mostly everybody, just grenading motherfuckers left and right, chasing viejitas into their fucking house, una señora pasó ahí. (laughs) Running with her arms up, like, I know it's funny, because it's hilarious. She's like, no, you know, like with her arms up, just like slowly running. And then is shot, but I was like, oh my God. I know. Oh my God. I know. Oh, <laughs> fuck. So after all that happens, Colonel Jack, Hollander, and Beardo, they approach this village that has just been decimated and they see like the massacre. And the survivors of the village, like the handful of people that are left, they show up and they start throwing rocks and attacking them <laughs> and being like, estupido, you are la puta mierda. My- <laughs> The, the grandma, or I don't know, I'm going to say she's a grandma, but a lady <laughs> comes up and like they're supposed to be beating these guys up and she's just like flailing her arms about, kicking Maraca. her chancleta. Like she, I'm obsessed with her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just the but most half-assed beating. Right before they go in to beat the shit out of these three guys, the beard mm. says to Colonel Jack, he says, they're saying that American soldiers came in and did this. Right. And then they beat the shit out of them with rocks <laughs> and their maracas. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, not the maracas. Oh, but, God. <laughs> so, and then suddenly the four dudes are there mm. and the villagers see them and they run the fuck away because they're afraid of them. Hancock is like, he turns to the three other dudes. He's like, why don't we know about these moments? Like, what can't we see? Mm. And then he's like, something is blocking my thoughts. Usually it seems as though they know where to go because they can like telepathically tell where things are going down. Where like battles will happen. Yeah, but somehow something is blocking Hancock to figure out when and where these things are happening. So now we see Vladimir and Tara, and they're eating some dinner. (laughs) They're eating some dinner by candlelight, and Tara turns to Vladimir and she says, your plan of putting soldiers out in American uniforms was quite brilliant. So Mm. those people that just grenade 
coordinated that village were actually rebel uh, militia sent by Vladimir. Vladimir is like, I know. Soon the ignorant people of this country will despise the Americans so much that our objectives here will come quite effortlessly. But what's your objective, What's your objective? And I'm going to say we don't find out. We never do. I don't think we do. I think we're going to have to come up with our own reasons as to what the fuck is going on Who fucking knows? So back at the American camp, Hollander is sneaking around. Why? No Uh, one knows. uh, No, I don't know. It's it's nighttime. He's sneaking around. Who knows why? Walker (laughs) catches him sneaking around and he's like... What are you looking for? And we never get the answer because I'm not sure Hollander knows. Hollander turns around and he now has a crucifix and he's like what? brandishing this crucifix at Walker. And Walker's like, This isn't the fucking movies, man. This is okay. real life. And he grabs Hollander by the neck and lifts him up high. All of a sudden, Hancock arrives and he puts his little hand on fucking Walker's shoulder. And, and then he says, Put him down. And Walker fucking chucks Hollander into the ground and Hancock says to Hollander I did try to warn you about what's happening Uh, well okay so we should mention that when Walker when he lifts God damn it what the hell okay no no okay put my brain together no let's go back let's go back because you're correct I I forgot to say what was happening. Yes. When Walker lifts Hollander from his neck, and I apologize, this was a very important thing I should have said, he reveals vampire fangs. Well, I'm actually delighted that you did not include it because that's hilarious because what the fuck is going on right now? Even that, even even me saying the oh fangs God. were revealed doesn't explain anything because then why does Hancock spit a piece of twig at Hollander and then say, I tried to warn you? What, when you About said- what? Exactly. What are you saying to me? Okay, so what we're gathering here though is that Hollander ha- has realized that these guys are something otherworldly. That's why he has his little crucifix. And now we've got the reveal of Walker's teeth. So we're like, oh, this these men- They're vampires. This like so on the poster of the movie, there's little vampire fangs, but it still came as a very strange reveal to me. I wasn't like, whoa, I was just like, oh, okay. There's later reveals that are more shocking than this. Right. So we're back in the Confederate cave and Hancock slaps the shit out of fucking Walker He's like, you need to start obeying orders, dude. What are you, 100, 110? I was 100 once. (laughs) I was like, God, boy, (laughs) who wrote this? (laughs) And he's like, I thought nothing could stop me. I thought, okay, get ready for the line of the century, dude. To me, please. I thought I had the world by the balls. Till I looked down and saw that the balls in my hand were my own. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's one of the. I mean, that line is bad, but it's fucking amazing. I, I la- again laughed out loud. I cackled. <laughs> I had to pause. I paused oh, and was man. like, "How? Holy shit! What? A." What does it mean? What? 
What? What is that? Justin what is it? Bieber. What, you, what? what does it mean? Like, <laughs> what does it mean? Oh, I can't tell you, but I'm obsessed with this stupid uh, ass fucking lie. It's I. It, it, shockingly hilarious. So, oh, absolutely. So then he continues to Walker. Listen, you got the power, but it requires discipline and a chain of command, or it will turn on you and twist you, and you won't be using the power. It will be using you if you don't like follow these rules, which is important uh, later on. Yes. Yeah. And he says, I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Can I just say something real quick? Absolutely. Now, um, so, you know, in the beginning when I thought uh, Hancock uh, sword guy was like coming in for the kiss right near the top. Yeah. So in this scene now, I know I am a gay man. So like I might <laughs> gay overthink agenda. these things. <laughs> gay agenda. Everybody's gay or you will be um, <laughs> when I'm done with you. Uh, but so in this scene, after Hancock says, I was holding my balls in my hand, <laughs> Walker's in front of him and we get a shot where Walker gets down on his knees and I was like, is this a gay porn and is, is he about to give this dude head? Like, I was convinced that this dude was about to give him head. Absolutely convinced. I, I think that's Which, your gay agenda. Absolutely. But however, the reason I mention it is because I do have something, a little trivia thing in the end. Not oh. big, but like, you know, just a little trivia thing okay, love in it. the end about this. So, gay agenda. Gay agenda, everybody. <laughs> we're here, we're queer, get used to it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So after he's like, listen, I've seen it, I've seen people use the power incorrectly. It can go awry. Don't be a dick. Keeler then says, okay, now that we've gotten this out of the way, what about Hollander? Because now that he knows what we are, we run the risk of getting exposed. Mm-hmm. And Hancock says, don't worry, I've already taken care of that. Okay. Okay. We go back to Hollander, and Hollander grabs his portfolio of pictures, and he goes straight to Colonel Jack, and he's like, listen, I got to show you these. Look, this runs from Civil War, 1863, First World War, 1914, Second World War, 1944, Korean Conflict, 1949, Vietnam, 1969, Granada Invasion, 1983, and Colonel Jack is like, what are you talking about? I don't get it. Hollander is like, the faces that I've circled, those are all the same four guys. They haven't aged. I saw one of them 40 fucking years ago when I was in Mm. goddamn France. I've been looking for them ever since. That's why I became a correspondent to follow the wars. Those men are vampires. (laughs) Colonel Jack is like, okay, all right. Mm, Okay, buddy. You're either bonkers or you're trying to pull a scam over this old fart's eyes. And I was like, okay. Also, I mean, nothing can beat the balls in your hand, but competition for best line. (laughs) Absolutely. And then he says, and until I find out which which one you are, either crazy or trying to fucking fuck with me, I'm you're going to stay in your tent. You're going to be confined, heavily guarded. Fuck you. And fucking mm-hmm. Hollander is like, you'll be sorry. De repente de nuevo estamos con el evil dead POV running through the forest. And the, the four guys like pop up. They like appear. Uh <laughs> In the middle of this forest. And it's a spot where there's a bunch of dead soldiers that have been tied to trees. It looks like they've been tortured. They're like arms spread and like blood everywhere. Keeler is like, whoever's doing this stuff is moving within the battles along the edges and is very fast. I've seen this before, but I don't know if this person that's after us 
knows who we are and what we are, but they do know that we're a formidable enemy. Mm. De repente, we have rebels again, and there's more shooting and grenades and shooting and all that fucking shit. Bodies flying. So once they kill all the rebels, Hancock asks Keeler, isn't it weird that this ambush was so light and easily overcome? Hmm. And Keeler is like, yeah, it, that's fishy. Mm -hmm. It seems like it was something to keep us busy while another objective was being achieved. Uh -uh. And to quote Walker, these guys have been suckered. They evil dead on over to the American camp and everyone is dead. Literally just like bodies everywhere, blood everywhere. They check around the camp and Colonel Jack and Hollander are missing. They're gone. Mm. Over at the rebel fort, Vladimir has the colonel and the Hol and Hollander tied up. And Vladimir turns to Hollander and says, he's the perfect candidate to perform a worldwide telecast denouncing the attempts of the U.S. to overthrow the government of Nicaragua. And he's prepared to go through extreme measures to convince him to do it. And Hollander is like, no way, pal. I'm not going to do that. No, don't you? I, there's no way. America. America. And in the corner, Tara is standing there looking like a fucking white snake this music video. Is the first moment I realized that was her name. <laughs> I had not a nary an idea. She's got a knife, and Vladimir is like, she's really good with a knife. And when he steps out of the room, she's gonna go over to Colonel Jack and slice into him Ooh. until Hollander changes his mind. And Colonel Jack is like, Don't do it, Hollander. He's bluffing. And Vladimir's like, all right, you want to test me out? And he fucking walks out of the room and you hear a squish and a scream Ooh. from Colonel Ooh. Jack. Tara walks in with her streaks of blood conveniently placed all over her body. It's like mm. one on her cheek and like one on Maybe her one arm. Maybe one on her arm, yeah. She's like, a Hollander didn't break. He's seen plenty of his friends die before. Ooh, so that's, that's awful. Bleak. Seen plenty of his friends die. Boof. And she says that Colonel Jack is, pro are, is probably not going to make it through the night. So the four vampire dudes, they go to the forest and they run into some rebels who they kill very quickly. But Walker, uh. he walks into a booby trap that basically impales his leg with a wooden stake. And all of a sudden, he's super hurt. And I was like, what? And his legs start smoking. His fangs appear. His forehead his starts is to, like, bubbling? bubble. <laughs> Why? Okay. 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 So clearly, this is, like, vampire wooden stake thing. Like, you know, you... But, but, but... <laughs> <laughs> You put a fucking wooden stake into a vampire's heart. Yeah. Now, I am like, we've had discussions about this before where I know you're very much like, no, you follow the fucking rules of like vampire you know, vampires, rules. werewolves, whatever. And I'm like, twist it, turn it, I'm cool, like whatever. But this does not work for me at all. A, a stake in the thigh? Girl. Are you kidding me? That's not how it works. I mean, let's. I won't stand for let's it. Let's also go ahead and say that these motherfuckers walk around in the sunlight like in there's the no fucking sunlight. There's no fucking problem. Not and not for a moment is it mentioned. Nope. Nada. Nada. They don't. They don't try to explain it whatsoever. But like, I cannot with a stake through your thigh. Yeah. No. No, no, no. He's no. fully like going through it and the three other dudes go up to him and Hancock pulls out the stake and he's like, oh, you got lucky. What? And so they leave him under like a tree stump and they're like, stay here, you'll be safe. And then the three other guys, they evil dead their way to Rebel Fort. So Hancock, oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hancock ah. goes over to the oh, wall, man. to the fort wall, and he like puts his hand upon the wall, and he starts to climb it. But it's like just like the lightest. How do we describe this? Like, what? I, no, I was gonna ask you. How do you think they did this? Well, so I was like, they're obviously lifting him <laughs> somehow. I think it may have been from the bottom. Like maybe he's on a <laughs> on one sure. of those like lifting yeah. things. Sure, sure, yeah. Because the way <laughs> the shot we see is just his head and his hands like going up the wall. The lightest touch, he's, not a grip on not the like, a grip just, like, at all. Like a kitty cat, just like <laughs> making his way up the wall. But this is, I was like, either he's actually like on the floor. And they're moving the wall. Or no, like they just like flipped the shot. So he's like crawling, but then they move. But, it would be, no, because his hands would be way more pressed. Like he is. Uh, you're totally, you're right. This, but my favorite, this is how I fucking picture this. And like, if it was done another way, that's fine. I'm just imagining that the man was in like a deep squat and then just. <laughs> Just like slowly, like Lifting just like himself. gently, because it's clearly the same shot repeated over and over and over. Like oh. they didn't film it a bunch of times, but no. it's it's worth the price of admission just to watch this <laughs> man, like Katie Cat, crawl up this quote wall. unquote climb this wall. <laughs> so he gets to the top of this wall very oh, gently, man. quietly, uh, sweetly, uh, and he arrives at oh. the top. He grabs the soldier that's up there and chucks him over the fucking edge. And Keeler and Hayden are, like, on the ground, and they're sneaking around to trying to, like, find their way into the fort. But either way, all the rebels somehow find out, and they all run out from their fort spots, and another humongous shootout begins. Again, fucking just shooting, screaming, jumping, grenading, all of it. At one point, Hancock telekinesis a fucking gun to himself. Yeah. Which yeah. is obvious that they like did it backwards. It's like yeah, he yeah, flung yeah. it, but then they played it in reverse so that it lands in his hands. Sure. While this is happening, Vlad is sipping on some wine and everybody's Vlad. shooting <laughs> Vladimir. Mm-hmm. In the prisoner room, Hollander hears the shooting outside and he turns to Colonel Jack, who is fucked up from being Ooh. stabbed and and poked by fucking Tara all night. I'm gonna say he did this was a good effect the way they blood I mean the bloody the blood is randomly placed all over the body, yeah. but I was like, I get it. Like yeah. he she really fucked him up. He says to Colonel Jack, Hey, we're gonna make it. Can you hear that? There if something's happening, we're gonna make it. And Colonel Jack is like, You reporters always push something on people and then he fucking bites the bullet and dies yikes more explosions and shooting battle. and then su- uh, more battle 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 and then suddenly <laughs> we're at the uh. door of the fort it opens up and who's standing there fucking walker and he says walker's here and the other we get three individual shots of the three uh, other dudes being smiling. like oh there he is good old walker here i literally in my is. notes i wrote Oh, okay, cool. Uh, no one missed you, dude. Yeah. Like, this reveal, I was like, I don't care. Lame. So <laughs> Walker's walking through the halls of the fort, and he's like, I can smell you, man. I can, can I- smell. <laughs> 
Oh, you. I'm so sorry. I just have to mention this stupidity. So aside from the fact that like we get all these like really staged shots of like the battle, blah, blah, blah. We get this kind of cool shot of Hancock walking through a tunnel. Like it's he's just all kind of lit up from the back. So all you see is his silhouette. Yeah. But then we get the same shot with Walker where he literally puts his gun into the fucking tunnel first. Like I'm like... You think their gun has eyes, dude? Like, what is that gonna do? And, it's and not then even, he peeks around. It's not even what like a doing? little gun, even. It's, a it's like a big a, ass a fucking gun. cannon, and he has to like swing it around into the doorway. Like, does your gun have eyeballs? What What's an idiot. going on? Oh, I, I, that is so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> so he. After he his full panning of the room with his gun, he's like, I can smell you, man. And he walks into the room that Vladimir is in. And he's like, come on, man. You want to play? And Vladimir turns around and he says, I do want to play. And reveal <gasps> he's got vampire fangs. Oh, my God. Shocker. So he telekinesis's fucking walker's gun and chucks it from him. He grabs grabs that motherfucker and he flings Walker through a brick wall which is yeah. obviously made of like bouncy balls like it is a, oh yeah it is uh, a, hilarious a hilarious wall so I guess we're getting to play on Vlad the Impaler here with Vladimir and also I guess so do you think like throughout the movie when they were drinking wine they were drinking blood I think so okay yeah that's what I thought too. I think so while fucking Walker is getting flung through a brick wall the other three are officially in the fort as well and they're walking through the hallways of the fort and Hayden runs into mm-hmm. Vladimir who says looking for someone and Hayden says oh it's over and Vladimir says yes I know and from the ceiling a wooden how would I call that a grate like a wooden like it's it looks like trellis sure yeah yes a wooden trellis but with a bunch of fucking spears like wooden stakes every square has a stake Mm -hmm. on it and so this wooden trellis swings down and impales Hayden up against the wall his fangs are revealed the fangs are only revealed when they're injured it seems yeah or or like like when they're threatening Yeah, something like that. So he's up against the wall. He's been staked. And then he's Mm. just set on fire. Like his body explodes or implodes. Now this one, I was like, oh, I didn't want him to die because he was my favorite of the four. Me too. Pero también, I buy this death because the the great trellis, whatever, was covered with stakes. So it's possible that it did get his heart. And also... I have seen it in various horror uh, vampire movies where you get staked and then boom, you're ablaze all of yeah. a sudden. So I was like, yeah. I buy this. I buy this. Me too. Meanwhile, Hollander is remembering all the things that Hancock has said to him in the past. Like back in France, he was like, don't you want to live forever? The power is in you. I gave you my blood. You can be one of us if you choose. And all of a sudden, Hollander is powerful enough to like, undo his rope and he's just flinging that rope around. Oh, the performance here is very flaily. <laughs> yeah, he is flailing those ropes all <laughs> over the place. We see Keeler now going through the halls of the fort. He gets into the room where Hollander and Colonel Jack were in, but no one's there, just the empty empty chairs. And from behind him, fucking Tara pops up <sighs> and uh, she throws Keeler to the wall and he gets up and he slaps her across the face twice and she's like, like, 
Fool, I'm not one of you. Your powers are useless against me. So she's not a vampire. No. We never really find out what the fuck she is. A witch, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who cares? Also, the smacks are the worst smack sound. It's like, back. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So she slaps him, and he goes a-flying, again, landing with a stake in his side, like not really anywhere near his heart. And he's like, ugh, his teeth show up. Bubbling face. A fucking bubbling face, and then smoke from the wound of the stake, which is ridiculous. And she approaches with another humongous wooden stake, and she says, your immortality has come to an end. And she's about to stake him when Hollander pops in, and he says, not yet, bitch. (laughs) He's got a knife in his hand. He stabs her. And then she, they put her on a turntable and they start oh. turning the shit out of her. Yeah. I was like, hold on, girl, because you're going <laughs> to fucking go flying. Yeah. And she turns, 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 uh, and explodes. Bye, girl. Yeah, whatever you were. Who knows? Hollander goes to Keeler, pulls that stake out of him, and helps him up. He's doing okay. And so we see Vladimir walking through a hallway, and he stops suddenly and says, Jonathan. Oh, no. And he turns around. It's you. And he turns around, and from the shadows, enter Hancock. And Vladimir says, I expected you much sooner. I suppose it had to happen someday. Dear good brother. Oh, my God. their brother. Holy shit. So Hancock says. I'm so shocked. (laughs) I actually was pretty shocked. No, I was. I was like, oh, okay. I was shocked at the Vladimir vampire reveal and at this reveal. I shocked by both. So Hancock says, you had the chance to be with us, but you could never control your power, which is what he had said to Walker that mm-hmm. time in the in the Confederate cave. <laughs> and Vladimir says, our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. We could have ruled the world. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then he says, oh, no. surely you don't think that you alone can destroy me. And from the darkness behind him, you hear, how about two of us? And Uh, Hollander shows up. And who's got fangs now? This guy. Two fucking fangs on Hollander. (laughs) He's a vampire now, too. His reveal of his fangs was weird to me. I was like, ugh, your choice is weirding me out. Yeah, because he was like smiley. Yeah, but like also la boca, pero like really open. I was like, okay, excessive. And can we just also say like none of the acting in this movie is good? No. But Vladimir is really bad. Particularly bad. So Hollander's a vampire now, and uh, Vladimir turns and he runs away, but Hollander like ends up at the other end. He probably fucking evil deaded his ass over there, and he pops up and he's like, yeah. nah-uh-uh. <laughs> fucking the guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Nah-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> also, Vladimir, he looks like he's ice skating through the halls. Or like okay. roller skating. What the I- fuck? I was going to ask you this. Like, was he gliding through? Like, I... I don't know. But I was like, this man is rollerblading right now through these hallways. He had <laughs> wheels on his feet. So he runs the other way. And who pops up at the other end? It's fucking Hancock. Oh. Another time where they ran way too... I was like, 
we oh, don't, we don't need, need all this it. running. All the no. gliding. We don't need no, it. Less ice skating. Eventually, Vladimir's in the middle of Hancock and fucking Hollander. He punches Hancock and grabs him by the neck and pins up up against the wall. And he says, I always knew you were stronger than me, which at this point, Hancock overpowers him and tur- flips him around, pins up, up against the wall, and then grabs a grenade from somewhere shoves it up his ass oh my god i did not think that i thought it was in his gut (laughs) i don't know all i know is we just we see him hold up the grenade he's he's got vladimir pinned up against the wall he shows the grenade and then he lowers the hand underneath the shot so we don't see but it looks like it goes somewhere shoving it somewhere and i was like his ass like (laughs) Who knows? <laughs> then he grabs Vladimir and he kind of flings him to the other side. And Vladimir is supposed to like explode. It is the shittiest explosion oh, there is in the explosion. film. Yeah. Like we've had so many other humongous Good explosions. Like, yeah. And this is the one you chose to fucking be skimpy on? It looked like a little like firecracker See? like that they just put on the floor. Nah. And also they cut back to Hancock's face and he's crying. He's like sad. Yeah, Uh-oh. my no. brother. No, no. No. Outside, Walker, Keeler, Hancock, and now Hollander because Hayden has died. Mm. They walk away from the burning fort and Hollander asks, "Where to now?" And Hancock says, <laughs> Afghanistan. Oh, I said, oh, no. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. no. Oh, no. And then Walker says, oh, man, I hate the fucking desert. (sighs) And Hancock says, Walker, shut up. Fin de la película. (laughs) And I said, yes, shut up, Walker. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Well, (sighs) you did great. (laughs) You look exhausted. (laughs) Dude. What a uh, ridiculous movie. Oh, man. Well, um, let's get into some trivia. How about it? Please do. Okay, so here is my trivia for today. Let's start with this article from a website called wearethemighty.com. I believe this is like an army, military fucking website, girl. Okay. And the title of the article is That Time U.S. Soldiers Pretended to Be Vampires and Ghosts to Scare the Hell Out of the Enemy oh! by Logan Nye. Wow. The vampire mission was led by... By Lieutenant Colonel Edward G. Lansdale. He was sent to the Philippines in September 1950 to help dislodge communist rebels in the area. The rebels, known as Hucks, I assume, were known to be superstitious, so Lansdale had his men study their local legends. After an early mission to convince locals they would be cursed if they supported the communists, helped force the surrender of some Huck units, Lansdale knew he was in business. He then turned his attention to a local vampire legend, the Asuang. Lansdale and his men circulated a rumor in a village that that an Asuang vampire lived in the hills nearby. They waited for the rumor to make its way up the hill and then swooped into action. A covert team snuck into the hills and waited for a patrol. When it was nearly past them, they snatched up the last man poked two holes in his neck, and drained him of his blood. Wow. Seriously. They then put the body back on the trail, and when the Hucks found it, they believed the rumors of the Aswang and fled from the area, allowing government forces to take the region. 
That's nuts. That's crazy. Okay, this is from Movie Geeks Web Archive. I don't know. Direct-to-video pioneer David A. Pryor, The Career Retrospective. And this is written by Mark Longden. It goes a little something like this. David A. Pryor is one of those people who filled up video shelves for us back in the days of Blockbuster. If you're a normal movie fan, chances are you passed over one of his incredibly generic-sounding titles while looking for something else. (laughs) If you're a cult movie nerd, then you'll have probably seen Deadly Prey, which I've never heard of, but this apparently was a hit for David Pryor. Okay. And you might be interested in what happened to him and his actor brother Ted. When you watch the movies of David A. Pryor, you're struck by the sense that, like so many famous, notorious, low-budget directors, his personal obsessions are aired out over and over again. They feel more personal than the sort of thing you're going to see at a multiplex. And while that doesn't make them good, it at least makes them interesting. Here are a few things that crop up in multiple Pryor movies. I... I cut some of these, but this is the ones that these are the ones that stuck out. First is a military base, which is actually just some tents in the woods, which is absolutely true. Exactly in this movie. what is true. Yeah. Someone being tortured in a tent or occasionally a tin shack. We didn't get that, but we did get torture in a fort. Yeah. Uh, violent flashbacks slash nightmares about the Vietnam War or just. I guess, war in general, which we did get flashbacks. World War II, yeah. Multiracial groups of bad guys. Like, I just, I, yeah, this, these, like, who? Wow. It, it was anybody and everybody in this fucking yeah. movie, you know? And this is the one that stuck out for me. Homoerotic subtext. Which is why, apparently, this is a running theme in his movies. So no I was way. like, oh, I definitely validated. noticed that. You You're know? validated. Uh, gay agenda. <laughs> The <laughs> that's unfortunately all it really says about like the homoerotic oh. stuff, but I was like, no. I picked up on it for sure. So let's just talk a little bit more about him, about David A. Pryor. Biographical detail is a little hard to come by, but here goes. Ted Pryor, who was David's brother, moved from New Jersey to LA to try his hand at acting and modeling in 1979, and David followed soon after. The two had made movies together as kids, so when David arrived, he came with scripts and tried to get them made. He put adverts in the Hollywood newspapers looking for investors, and due to his way with words, he was able to round up some money and make movies which, thanks to the explosion in the VHS market at exactly that time, turned profit. Wow. Eventually, he met David Winters, the actor, choreographer, producer, and the two of them formed AIP, the notorious straight-to-video company that gave us (laughs) so many gems. And, like, I was looking at all these fucking movies. There do seem to be some trashy-ass gems in here that I just don't know about, and I feel like I should, you know? Sure. Pryor was incredibly prolific, making five movies a year through the late 80s slash early 90s. This business arrangement came to an end in the late 90s as the VHS DVD market was just about to start an irreversible downward slide, and he appears to have retired from movie making until around 2007 when a rich fan approached David and began funding a new series of movies from him. He made a decent handful of new ones before his death in 2015, including a few that remained unfinished and which will probably never see the light of day. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about AIP studios and then I'm going to take just like a little interesting turn
Cameron that I think you're going to like. Okay. So here we go. AIP Studios is Action International Pictures, also known as West Side Studios, which I was like, huh? Okay. So it's a film production and distribution company founded in 1986. It was founded by David Winters, David A. Pryor, who was the director of this film, and Peter, I'm going to say you pronounce this, Yuval. Sure. David Winters bought out his partners in 1992. The year of its creation, 1986, was a turning point for David Winters, who was partner of David A. Pryor. I know it's a lot of fucking Davids in here. (laughs) (laughs) After being overruled on a casting decision for Thrashin, which was a skateboarding movie uh, that, that David Winters directed, Winters made the professional decision to control all aspects of future projects, which is why he wanted to start Action International Pictures. Although Josh Brolin was ultimately cast in Thrashin, Winters' choice was a pre-21 Jump Street Johnny Depp. So it seems no like because... Way. Right, because he didn't get his choice in the casting, he's like, I don't want to fucking deal with this and I'm going to do my own thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Like many low-budget film productions, AIP's original films used many of the same cast and crew in many of the films, including David Pryor's brother, Ted, as an actor and writer. And Ted was the one who had the original, yeah, for this movie. Winters bought out his partners in 1992 and rebranded AIP as West Side Studios. This was acknowledged as a nod to his 30-year association with West Side Story. So I was like, wait, why West Side Story? What are we talking about? Yeah. So here we go. Oh, boy. So let's talk about David Winters, who was part of America. What is this fucking called? Action International Pictures, you know, part of this group. So executive producer of The Lost Platoon. He was executive producer of this movie. David Winters was an English-American actor, dancer, choreographer, producer, distributor, director, and screenwriter. Okay, so this this is from Wikipedia, by the way. It starts, he received some attention in Broadway musicals for his roles in West Side Story, 1957, and Gypsy, 1959. I'm sorry. Received some attention? Who? This dude was in the fucking original cast Who was of he? West Side Story. Listen up. <laughs> okay. In the film adaptation of West Side Story 1961, he was one of the few to be recast. He played oh my God. motherfucking Baby John in the no original way! in the original Broadway production of West Side Story. No way. Girl. And he was replaced by Elliot Field as Baby John in the 1961 movie. However, he played Arab, Baby John's best friend in the fucking movie. Whoa. Dude, like, whoa, that's a big deal. That's crazy. That's insane. Okay, so here we go. Let's just talk a little bit about this man's career, which you can look, like, I was not expecting this from a dude who executive produced this piece of trash. This piece of shit. But here we go. So... First of all, he's in the original Broadway cast of West Side Story and in the 1961 movie. Who was he in Gypsy? Oh, he played Yonkers, which I don't really remember Gypsy. Isn't he like the big dancer guy? Yonkers is one because they all, all the dancers, because there's like, I think four male dancers that dance with the girls. And I think Yonkers is one of them that's like, I'm here and a little baby or whatever. There's a a scene from Gypsy where, I'm such a bad theater person, but there's a- 
where it's Gypsy it's, Rose and yeah. and a boy and him, dancing, and he's like showing off and like yeah. I can't remember if that's I Yonkers think that or not. might be young. Who knows? It's, We're terrible. It's definitely but... one of the dudes that is yes. like part of the cast of the girls' show. Yes, yes. Okay, so here we go. In 1965, he choreographed two musicals starring Elvis Presley, which were ah! Boris Sagel's Girl Happy and Norman Taurog's Tickle Me. Okay. <laughs> he also... <laughs> He also choreographed two Anne Margaret films. Who Anne Margaret for me is full, is always grumpy old men. Like that's of what course. I always think of her from. But so he choreographed two Anne Margaret films, which were Bus Riley's Back in Town and Kitten with a Whip. Um, wow. In 1975, Winters directed the Alice Cooper concert film Alice Cooper: Welcome to My Nightmare. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> I also quickly looked up Alice Cooper, and I got this interesting tidbit here which is Winters was friends with rock singer Alice Cooper and upon directing the Welcome to My Nightmare tour in the mid 70s for Cooper Winters hired a ballerina named Cheryl who became Cooper's wife and by the way still married they're still together although she did file for divorce in 1983 due to Cooper's alcoholism but they had recon- reconciled by 1984 so they're still oh, well, together. that's nice. Isn't it? Okay, so here we go. Let's keep going. In 1976, he choreographed Frank Pearson's A Star is Born, starring motherfucking Barbara Streisand. Shut the fuck up, dude. What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> Why here did we... you make this movie? <laughs> Just, okay, listen to this one. Oh, In God. 1978, he choreographed, I'm going to say this is Steve Binder, Steve Binder's Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> Which is also a humongous piece of shit, of by shit. the way. Yeah. <laughs> but like also, but reviled. like, that's yeah. crazy. crazy. Oh, man. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> Just like, he choreographed the dance to the it? Cantina song. No, I'm saying oh my that's God. Pro- That would be hilarious uh, if that's what it was. Oh, if that's not the in it, then you did it wrong. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Holy and, uh, shit. Listen, you can, like, the last one that I found, it's he is just prolific. But the last one I found was in 1981, he choreographed and was creative consultant for the Diana Ross television special, Diana. Unbelievable. So this man, like, unfortunately, he died in 2019, but this man. R.I.P., my guy. Good for you. What an interesting career. So that's my trivia for today. Delightful. Okay, well, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys a little histoire history. Since uh, this movie gave us none. (laughs) Zero. So very quickly, Wikipedia says the Nicaraguan Revolution, or in Spanish is known as the Revolución Nicaragüense o la Revolución Popular Sandinista. It encompassed the rising opposition to the Somoza dictatorship in the 1960s and 70s. The campaign led by the Sandinista National Liberation Front, also known as the Frente Sandinista de Liberación Nacional, el FSLN, mm. basically what's running Nicaragua now, because Daniel Ortega oh. was the head of it and still is. Oh boy. So the campaign is led by the FSLN to oust the dictatorship in 1978. 79. The subsequent efforts of the FSLN to govern Nicaragua from 79 to 90. And the Contra War, which was waged between the FSLN-led government of Nicaragua and the United States-backed Contras Mm. from 1981 to 1990. 
which is what I think this is, our film is about. Okay. Or not about, but you know. The revolution marked a significant period in the history of Nicaragua and revealed the country as one of the major proxy war battlegrounds of the Cold War, Hmm. attracting much international attention. Each side was supported by different countries in the world. The Contras were supported by the United States, Costa Rica, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Taiwan, Honduras, Panama, Chile, Argentina, Colombia, and the Islamic Republic of Iran. Whoa, okay. But then the FSLN was supported by the Soviet Union, also Costa Rica. Some of these are depending on years, like uh, the Contras, Costa Rica supported them from 1982 to 1986, but then the FSLN, Costa Rica supported them from 1978 to 1982. So like flip-flopping. okay. Yeah. Sure. But they were also supported by Libya, Cuba, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, East Germany, Hungary, Poland, China, North Korea, uh, Greece, Mexico, and Sweden. So like it's- Okay. It's it's funky. Wow. Nicaragua was in shambles for a really long time. Mm. Like there was Somoza stuff and the Sandinistas. There was a humongous earthquake in, in 1979 that like annihilated a huge part of the country, which led to a lot of corruption. And like obviously, as always, the United States tried to get involved and help and sometimes didn't help and all this stuff. So the stuff I'm going to talk about right now is the Contra part of it which is what this movie encompass a little so it says here although the carter administration had attempted to work with fsln in 1979 and 1980 the more right-wing reagan administration Mm. supported a strong anti-communist strategy for dealing with latin america and so it attempted to isolate the sandinista regime which was very much extremely left left leaning and communist vibes like mm-hmm. Ortega and Castro were BFF as early as 1980 and 1981 an anti-sandinista movement the Contra Revolución or just Contras was forming along the border with Honduras many of the initial Contras were former members of the Somoza's regime National Guard unit and many were still very loyal to Somoza who was living in exile in Honduras. Upon taking office in January of 1981, Ronald Reagan canceled the dispersal of economic aid to Nicaragua, and on August 6, 1981, he signed National Security Decision Directive Number 7, which authorized the production and shipment of arms to the region, but not their deployment. On November 17th of 1981, President Reagan signed National Security Directive 17, authorizing covert support to anti-Sandinista forces. Okay. An armed conflict soon arose, adding to the destabilization of the region, which had been unfolding through the Central American civil wars in El Salvador and Guatemala. And the Contras, heavily backed by the CIA, secretly opened a, quote, second front on Nicaragua's Atlantic coast and the Costa Rican borders. With the Civil War opening up cracks in the National Revolutionary Project, the FSLN military budget grew to more than half of the annual budget. And so the Servicio Militar Patriotico, the Patriotic Military Service, which was a compulsory 
draft was also established. Oof. By 1982, Contra forces had begun carrying out assassinations of members of the Nicaraguan government, and by 1983, the Contras had launched a major offensive, and the CIA was helping them plant mines in Nicaragua's harbors to prevent foreign weapon shipments from arriving. Shit. So basically, the U.S. was like... We'll take care of this. Here's a bunch of arms. Here's the CIA. Suck it. Fuck. So very quickly, I just wanted to like talk about <laughs> the Nicaraguan-Russia relations just because like of that phrase we had in the middle of the movie that was like, the Soviets are pumping a yeah. bunch of money into the fucking whatever. So Wikipedia says, Nicaragua-Russian relationships refers to the bilateral relations between Russia and Nicaragua. Duh. Agreements to open diplomatic missions were signed on October 18, 1979 between Nicaragua and the Soviet Union a few months after the Sandinista Revolution. So like the earthquake happened, the country's in shambles, the Sandinista Revolution begins... And so now Russia is like, I'll help you out. So the USSR developed great relations with the Sandinistas after the overthrow of the Somoza family. During the 1980s, the Soviet Union provided full political, economic, military, and diplomatic support to the left-wing government of Nicaragua. This was not only a reaction to the contra-resistance movement, but a full-fledged alliance with the Soviet Union, which provided free credit economic subsidies, and heavy weapon grants. Oh, boy. The Nicaraguans got at no cost armaments such as heavily armed MI-24 attack helicopters and MI-17 transport helicopters. Nicaragua voted consistently for communist causes during the 1980s, so the Cuban army and political delegates, subsidized by Russian money, were permanently staffed in Nicaragua, making the country a member of the communist bloc, which is another reason why Reagan was like, eat a dick, here's a bunch of Contras. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most recently, on July 12, 2014, Vladimir Putin made an official state visit to Nicaragua, held a oh. meeting in Managua with the president, Daniel Ortega. It says here, Laguna de Nejapa, which is a volcanic crater in Managua, will host a GLONASS which is a Russian space-based satellite navigation system, which some Western media have speculated that it may be used for signals of intelligence. Oh, boy. So okay. spying. You said yeah. 2014 was that visit? Yes. Goddamn. Okay. Wow. So, you know, I could sit here and fucking jibba-jab about Nicaraguan history forever. It's so convoluted. Mm. This movie, like you said, it was just disposable people that they could kill and have like a story take place in a war-ridden country. And so they're like, yeah. oh, what was who was warring in the 90s? And Nicaragua was, so yeah. why not? I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think these people cared about Nicaragua what's, whatsoever. No, absolutely not. It was in the news, so why not? Uh, very quickly, <laughs> uh, some fun things about some of the actors in this movie. William Frederick Knight, who played Hollander, for all our anime 
lovers and friends out there. He was mm-hmm. the English dub voice for lots of characters, like in the cartoon Ghost in the Shell. Oh, wow. Famously made a movie by incredibly Asian actress Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. But he was in the cartoon, he, or at least he played the voice in the cartoon of Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell 2. Wow. He was also a voice in Akira, which is a very popular cartoon wow okay most notably i think and very very popular naruto Ah. so turns out okay dude he did a bunch of fun stuff david perry who played hancock was in beverly hills cop 3 Ah. which is pretty cool with eddie murphy Mm -hmm. and lastly i don't think this is correct but i think it's hilarious okay the guy who played hayden is Someone called Michael Wayne, who is supposedly the eldest son of John Wayne and his first wife, Josephine Alicia Sines, the daughter from a socially prominent Latina family living in Los Angeles. Okay, John Wayne. What was the last name? Sines. Oh, okay. Well, but if you look at if you look at pictures of Michael Wayne, like it doesn't doesn't it doesn't look like the guy. Maybe I mean maybe I honestly I feel like maybe I don't know if it is or if it isn't. Oh yeah, that doesn't look like at him at all because he's so thin and no. gaunt in the film. Yeah, he the nose is different the too. Nose the nose is, and the of lips. Our guy's yeah. thinner. Yeah. So I think maybe somebody made a mistake on IMDb. Well, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. And uh, that's the end of my trivia. <laughs> Listen, sobering, but informative, and also fun at the end as well. So I loved every moment of it. Well, how about I ask you some questions? Okay. Eileen, were you scared? No. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. What was your best scare in this very unscary movie? There was one single moment, a very dumb super fast moment where they Mm -hmm. cut to an evil dead pov it was such a quick and there was like a tiny musical sting yeah and that Mm -hmm. i was like whoa and that made me jump but that was it i remember that part for me it was the soldiers massacring that village that was horrible yeah really horrible who was your favorite character (sighs) you don't have to say anybody if you don't want to um (laughs) Oh, I know who it was. It was Beard, the guy who had the beard. Oh, sure. He, yeah. Beardo ball guy. Beardo ball guy. He didn't say mm-hmm. anything. He was just a lovely man. Great. Thanks so much for your performance. And you? Uh, I had two just because I was like, fuck it. I mean, not listen, I might as well not pick anybody in this movie. But my picks were Tara or Tara because she was a welcome, like, woman presence a in this film which was just moment, men yeah. every fucking where yeah and i just i loved that she was white snake all the time and ridiculous but i'm also going to give it to who i called helmet but i believe his actual name was hayden <laughs> john wayne's son john wayne right because he was the like least featured of the four which made him less irritating so i'll give it to the two of them yeah uh, what was your best line <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. I mean, <laughs> I thought I had the world by the balls till I looked down and I saw that the balls in my hand were my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's mine too. Uh, if you went with any other line, you would be wrong. A like, fool. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. 
That might be my favorite line in the next movie we in fucking do. In the world, it's, totally. It's so, so insane. It's just so stupid. Uh, what was your best death? Hayden's death. I thought that was the most accurate in the vampire world. And if yeah. honestly, there's so many people getting shot all over the fucking place that it's like you could barely count. So I liked having like a single thing to focus on to see happen yes. uh, death wise. Like an actual death sequence. Yeah. And I like that he mm-hmm. bursts into flames at the end too. Totally. Uh, mine was very randomly when Walker throws that knife at, at that dude and it goes through his gut into the tree behind him because I remember watching it and I thought, well, what just happened? Yeah. And then the dude has like a bloody gut and then he falls over and you see the the knife in the tree behind him and I that's when I thought, oh, it literally went through went that man. through the that whole body, thing. yeah. So, sure, I'll give it to that one. Did you learn anything about the culture? Absolutely not. No, not Absolutely for a single moment. Absolutely not. You didn't even try. You like, didn't even try. You <laughs> didn't try. Okay, last but not least, how many ooies are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give it half an ooey, just because... Mm-hmm. Just because. Yeah. Just because. Listen, we were so excited for a movie yeah. from Nicaragua about Nicaragua. Honestly, I feel like we're almost breaking our Uikoror rules, which I know we make, but like it's supposed to be f- at least filmed in Nicaragua. Yeah. But it wasn't even filmed in Nicaragua. You know? I think also like we're like, oh, if it's based in the country and the story has mm-hmm. like a strong tie to that country, at which least, it, it at wasn't least even that. it wasn't that at all, which is a, a big bummer. Oh, a huge bummer. Uh, especially because we're so excited. It was like our, the 50th episode. Yeah. And, you know, we reconnected in Nicaragua. Pero, you know, fuck it. At least we had fun laughing at this piece of shit. I gave it one ui out of five. Uh, for what reason? I cannot. I can't. I just. It's, You're too it's, kind. It, I am too kind. It's one ui out of five. And that'll do. That'll, <laughs> that'll do, pig. pig. That'll do. <laughs> Well, well, we did it. I hate to say this phrase, but let's get the fuck. No, this is not true. Let's get the fuck yeah. out of Alabama because that's where we have been. <laughs> we have been in Alabama this full time and not the yeah. beautiful country of Nicaragua. Yeah. Which you could tell watching this movie. I was like, no, Girl, it doesn't look like it. No, nah. no, not nah. buying it. But we appreciate you being here either way, gang. Uh, we thank do. you so much for listening for 50 episodes. We yeah, hope, we did it. <laughs> we hope to have 50 more and then 50 more after that. Uh, Absolutely. We got the movies. We got them movies. Mm-hmm. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Fucking hit us up on our social media. We're at Uikiorror on Twitter and on Instagram. Send us an email, Uikiorror at gmail.com. Anything you want. Honestly, send us movies. Uh, tell us we're nice. Tell us we're bad. I don't know. Tell us whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, just tell something you know honestly is anybody out there from nicaragua and you know of a of a movie from there that we might not be finding like we would love to watch it would love we to really see would a horror movie from nicaragua yeah. you know what sucks though a lot of nicaragua and not that there are that many but a lot of the nicaragua based mm. movies are always about the contras it's always sure. war films which yeah give me a frankenstein in nicaragua or something guys something with like a cool legend or a something ghost. i'd love to see that Un yeah monstro Por favor. feature you see no johnny mm. we'll have to make it we'll fly to nicaragua Girl, and we'll fucking... we got a script that was set in nicaragua remember <laughs> that's true <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Well, here's yep. to us officially mm-hmm. making ourselves who we are, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> building this friendship that's uh, crazy and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. You're my best friend Same. in the whole wide world. Uh, Same here. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Nicaragua. That is 100% true. Thank you, Nicaragua. Thank you, Nicaragua. You're the fucking best. Uh, <laughs> you are. Fucking Feliz Independencia this week. We love you very much. And you know who else I fucking love? I fucking love you, Johnny. I fucking love you, too. <laughs> and we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios.